0: pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Right, guys, this week's episode is with Daryl Strawberry. So if you or your brother or your dad or even your husband were an MLB fan back in the day, you're going to be really hyped about this episode. Daryl has an incredible testimony and is now really passionate about equipping others to turn their lives away from sin and away from the evils of the world and to Jesus. And to the foundation of the Bible and salvation, and the entire conversation today is just fire and Daryl bringing the heat and me saying amen. So pop in your headphones, listen in to Daryl Strawberry and I. Daryl, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate
0: it. I was telling you a little bit before I started recording, this interview is going to be so great for my, I actually have a larger male listenership than you would think (laughs) as just like a primarily female podcaster. But I can tell you, my dad and my husband are very excited.
1: (laughs) Well, that's good. I really appreciate them being, you know, big fans and everything.
0: Yeah, this is very cool. So you have a book coming out. I think this interview is coming out right around when your book is actually going out into the world. Turn your season around. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yes, I'm so thrilled about this book more than anything. I've I've written books before and they've had tremendous impact. Uh, I think my autobiography, Straw, the New York Times bestseller, and I kind of weed through that and was telling people about my life and how my life took a turn for the better. And I left them right there. I didn't really go into the details of it. And this book here is just a book of real principles, real transformation, how God meets you right where you're at, how much he loves you. You're no mistake to him. You you make a bunch of mistakes and we all do. And and he brings this he brings this wonderful love that nobody else can do and give to you. And it's the grace, you know, the grace that he gives to you. And I think a lot of times people don't understand the grace, you know, they don't understand it's something that you don't deserve and he gives it to you. And when he, Mm -hmm. when you do understand it, that's when you have a revelation and a transformation in your life, because then you no longer have these worldly desires and your passion becomes about what you learn from the Bible, which is incredible when you actually learn it. And I think so many of us fall through the crack because we don't learn the importance of God's grace.
0: And I think there's such an important distinction between grace and mercy, right? Because mercy is not getting what you deserve. It's holding back what's deserved. Grace is literally giving you what you cannot earn, what you cannot deserve.
1: That's a really good point there. It, it, It is. It's two different things. And I think people have misuse what grace and mercy is and, and they don't understand it. That's, that's the whole key of being a Christian and being able to understand that he talks about his grace. And when he talks about it in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said, and he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength mm. is made perfect in weakness. So what he's saying is that we're going to be weak, but he's made perfect in our weakness. So that means he's carrying us into the next level of our life. And I think so many don't pay, like I said before, not paying attention to the importance of what God is saying to us. And it wasn't until I started paying real attention in detail to what scriptures were. And that's when my life started to have a real true meaning. And I think that's why this book has so much to offer to people who think their life is over and their life don't matter. Just look at my life. I'm a prime example that your life matters to him. And if you can understand that, it it will help you grow.
0: Well, and that verse that you mentioned out of 2 Corinthians is the founding verse of this podcast. That's where the whole crappy Christian thing came from is that in my weakness, God's power is made perfect. And that if more of us would boast in our weakness, saying I'm a crappy Christian, (laughs) then like we're able to reach so many more people because, and I know your story is long and it is complex, but it is, you have a really wild life story. It's not just you played baseball in the big leagues. There's so much more to it. And so for you to be able to stand there and say like, this is all the junk, this is all the bad, but God, that is essentially boasting in your weakness and pointing to God.
1: Yes, it is. I mean, I lived a completely heathen life, wildlife, womanizer, alcoholic, drug addict, sinner, rich, famous, privileged, lived all across the board. And to understand that God still loved me in the midst of all my broken pieces, that's just show you how great Christ really is, you know, from hanging on Mm -hmm. the cross. If if we can understand the symbol of the cross, the symbol of the cross is holy because of him shedding his blood as a Sinless man that hangs up on the cross and goes to the tomb and gets up early Sunday morning, so if we can understand and know who that is, then we can understand the grace that is sufficient, and then we can understand why he does what he do. He's the only one that can do that in a life. no other man can do that, and you know so many of us today you know Christians and believers and pastors, and I think a lot of them uh, the younger generation they think it's hip and cool and branding themselves and why would you want to brand yourself when Jesus is the greatest brand and that's why they Ooh. that's why they find themselves falling short and finding themselves in so much trouble because when you make it about you then you don't understand grace and you 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 make mm-hmm. it about how you sound it doesn't matter how you sound the enemy knows if you're weak inside, he knows that you don't have the strength of what Christ has, but he knows that Christ is living in you. He knows that you have the power, and if you're just not you know, making it about yourself. So I think we need to get back to what the cross is and the biblical principles and help people and stop you know, feeding people just to feel good messages and make them feel good for a hot second, and then the enemy comes right immediately, and he just steals everything and he just destroys them.
0: Amen. Yes. And amen (laughs) to all of that. It's true. We've, that's a question that I pose often is whose glory are you working for your own or for God's and you're famous. Like you are like considered famous. And so how have like wealth and fame, how did that impact your relationship with God?
1: Well, wealth and fame—you have you have to separate yourself from that, you know. Especially being in ministry, and and this is you know for whoever's going to be listening to this, pastors or whatever. And sometimes they may not like me. When you in ministry, you're not a celebrity. You don't mm-hmm. want to be a celebrity, and I think that's where mm-hmm. so many people get lost because they think, well, if I could be like the celebrities, I can have what they have. Well, if you want to have what they have, all you're talking about is consuming yourself with worldly things because that's all celebrities have. You know, they they, they can say, well, I'm joyful, I'm peaceful, and I have all the riches and everything, but do they, at the end of their day, do they know where their life is going? I can guarantee you most of them don't. Everybody thinks, and we need to stop playing this game where everybody thinks everybody's getting into heaven. No, you need to read that book, that Mm. Bible. Everybody's Mm -hmm. not getting into heaven, and we need to start delivering that message just to let people know. I don't care how much wealth you have, how much fame you have. There was no one richer than King Solomon. You know, you go to the book of Ecclesiastes, no one will ever have what King Solomon had. No one on the face of this earth would ever achieve what he achieved and all that he conquered. But look what he ended up saying. He ended up saying in in that book that it is all meaningless under the sun without God. So what is he telling us? What is he telling us? I had more than you could ever imagine. And at the end of the day, why did I turn away from God? You know, because he says God is going to always do what God's going to do. He's not going to change for you. He will work Mm -hmm. with you, but he's not going to change who he is for you. And you know, he and he says at the end of the day, it's the empty void on the inside of all of us, which we all all try to fill with something else—more money, more this, more that, more fame, notarized and everything by you know the, the public perception. But at the end of the day. It's all meaningless. And that's what it all boils down to. That's what it boiled down to for me. You know, I I had it all, but I had nothing. I, I, I was a baseball player and I played 17 years, had a uniform on. That just made me a baseball player that never made me a man. What made me a man when I met Jesus, that's when I became a man when I met Jesus, because Jesus is a man. He's a holy man and he's a righteous man.
0: Amen. One of my favorite pastors, Darius Daniels, he says, God is okay with making the names great of those who plan to make his name great. And those are my favorite people to watch kind of rise out of the fray. And you're like, this is all God. This is God taking this person and elevating them because they're, all they're doing is pointing to Jesus. They're just pointing back to
1: him. Well, that's the whole thing of salvation. Just think if he didn't want to give sinners salvation. None of us would be here.
0: He didn't come for the righteous.
1: Yeah, none of us right? None of us would be here. <laughs> and for us to try to make our name great, his name is already great. You know, I, I think when uh, when you start realizing who Jesus is, and uh, you realize that, that early Sunday morning, he got up from that tomb, and he was resurrected, and he got up with all power. I can tell you right now, every last one of us from the natural here will die, but we will not get up from a tomb like Jesus did and be resurrected so right. you can count you can count on that and you could put your money in the bank on that that you're not going to get up like he did he is the only one there's only one there is nobody else and and the sooner you understand that the better off you'll be of knowing how to follow him and knowing how to keep his name great and just let him utilize you for his good that's the the rewards are not here so many people are searching for the rewards here the rewards are on this other side of, of when you enter into his, his holy land, you know, God's mm-hmm. holy land. And I think so many of us get consumed with all these earthly things. And we want this and we want that and say, look at me and look at me. I got trophies. I got championship. That all means nothing at the end of the day when you're laying on that bed and God calls your name because he will call your name just like he called Job's name. And he will call your name. And when he calls your name, will you be ready to receive mm-hmm. what he, what he has for you?
0: I love that. I think you look at your life specifically, but I think there are a lot of people that their stories are similar of, according to the American dream, had it all. You had the fame, you had the wealth, you had the career, you had the physique, like you had it all. And now is when you would say you have it all.
1: No question. I have it all now. I mean, I have eternal life. I have the joy of the Lord, that's my strength, and I have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And Mm -hmm. it's it's all because it comes from the book of life that has been here forever. You know, and when you, like I said, when the Bible is here for us, and when you think about Jesus, when you get to know Jesus, Jesus didn't read a book. He is the book.
0: He is the book.
1: (laughs) You know, this is, he is the book from what we read and everything. And you can have it all from the standpoint of a a material wealth and fame and fortune, but that won't consider a bowl of nothing at the end of your life. You know, God is not going to say, well, Daryl Strawberry, (laughs) you had 335 home runs. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, you had so many trophies. He's not concerned about that. He's concerned about, he's concerned about was all well in your soul. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you understand my principles? Did you obey my commandments? Did you work for my kingdom? Did you tell everybody else about who my wonderful son was when you were down there? You know, that, those are the things that you're going to have to answer to God. And, you know, he's not going to be like saying, well, you know, come on in because you won four world series and you hit, you know made eight all-star games so i think people got it so confused down here yeah. you know and they just and they're really missing out on on what's gonna take place and and god's gonna god's gonna speak loud one day and they're gonna he's already speaking in the midst of a pandemic you know he's already let us know i can control it i can stop yeah. it but but why should i you guys won't obey me down there you your guys down there acting like sodom and Gomorrah. you know mm-hmm. i i My raft will come, you know, up on you. And I think people are not thinking about that.
0: Well, and this is all going to burn anyway. We don't get to take any of it with you. And I always make this joke that when it's like a half joke, but when I die, nobody's going to stand up and give my eulogy and talk about how thin I was or how much money I made. You know, they're going to talk about the impact that my life had on other lives and the greatest impact that we have is acknowledging that the only more worth having is God. And I think there are people who can tilt too far one way. Like, I think it's okay to be proud that you've won multiple World Series games. Like, you've used the gifts that God give, has given you and you did well with them. I think it's okay for me to be proud that my podcast has done well and has reached people. But is that my identity? Is that what it's all about? Is that what I'm working for? I think is the distinguishing factor there.
1: Right. The balance that you have to have it's nothing, you know, it's nothing wrong with the achievements, you know, I had, but that's over. Right. The greatest achievements are right in front of me. Absolutely. And leading people to salvation because leading to people to salvation is eternal. <laughs> it, 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 it has far greater impact on people's lives than. People being fans and cheering and loving me for, you know, the baseball and the trophies is, you know, I I would prefer that you love me for the man that I am, the faith that I walk in, uh, the principles that I live by and and, and the king that I talk about. Because the king that I talk about is his kingdom, you know, Mm -hmm. and when you know his kingdom, it rules and reigns over everything. It's far greater than what we see with our eyes, you know, from the natural standpoint when you can see, when you you learn to have that transformation, that real transformation with Christ, you celebrate Christ. I mean, because you know what? You think about it. He celebrated us when we were broken. Yeah. Why are we so afraid to celebrate him in front of, you know, the public perception? Because, oh, they'd be like, oh, well, there they go with their... You know, religion, you know, there they go with the God thing. Yeah, I'd rather talk about God than to talk about my trophies. I'm sorry. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) A lot of you like to talk about, you know, uh, the great baseball player I was. I appreciate that. I thank you for that. But that's not going to save my life.
0: So, if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know that I am a huge advocate for counseling. I am super open about my personal mental health struggles and even more so how counseling has made such a massive impact. And so in the midst of some of the weirdest times, I am super excited to partner with Faithful Counseling to bring you affordable and accessible online Christian counseling. You get matched with your counselor within 24 hours and you can start talking. You can do texting. You can do calls. You can do video conferences. If you don't immediately drive with your counselor you can switch and they price on a sliding scale so it's always going to be affordable and I really just cannot sing their praises enough as well as the people that I have been able to connect with their services I constantly get dms from people just thanking me for telling them about it so I wanted to tell you about it you can get 10% off of your first month with faithful counseling by going to getfaithfulcom crappy christian and connect with a counselor and start getting the help that you need today Well, and so talking about that life change, you were on The Celebrity Apprentice and you talk in the book about the sacrifices that you made and keeping watch for temptation. I would love to hear more about that.
1: Well, yeah, I have to safeguard my life. You know, I'm, you know, I was just in the, the process of walking in my faith in such a strong way. So what you have to do is, you know, as a Christian, especially a Christian man, you have to safeguard who you are. You can't just Mm -hmm. walk into anything. You can't just be a part of anything. You can't just be a part of conversations. Uh, Oh, well, say it's not important. Yes, it is important. You're supposed to protect your heart because if you don't protect your heart, the enemy's going to get in your head, you know, and Mm -hmm. he's very clever about that. He's very deceiving. And that's what Jesus talks about in John 10, 10. He said, the thief does not come except, except. To steal, kill, and destroy. If people can understand that, that's what his main purpose is. He's not coming to say, oh, how you doing, Daryl Strawberry? You're, <laughs> you, you're on the show. You're on the show with a bunch of people, and they're acting, and you're calling yourself a Christian. Don't you want to fit in? Don't you want to have a drink? Don't you want to talk like them? Right. For me, it was like, no, I'm not this person anymore. And and of course, I ended up getting fired because I kind of fired myself because I needed to get off because behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, behind the scenes were a lot of different things going on that I wasn't doing anymore. I wasn't drinking anymore. I wasn't saying curse words anymore. So I was so I was different, you know, and and that was of the natural. And, and I'm saying to myself and my wife saying, well, you put yourself in this place, so you're going to have to get yourself out of this place. And she was right. And I and I worked around it and I got myself out to a place where I can get fired off the show and I can be removed from it and I didn't have to dwell in it.
0: Yeah. That's another kind of concept that rolls in, in your in your book is this set apart heart. And that if we don't understand that and have that, mentality that it's difficult to function in your purpose.
1: It's totally difficult to function in your purpose if you don't have a set apart heart. If you you see what we all get to see from looking at the natural of society and people acting in any kind of way, living in any kind of way and saying any kind of thing, and you see that all on television today, then you don't set yourself apart, then you're going to struggle in the purpose that God called you. Yeah. I don't ever want to struggle in the purpose that God called me. When I finally entered into that purpose of his calling, it is marvelous. You know, it is real. Mm -hmm. It, it, It is nothing that I want to play with. It is nothing that I want to be about anymore. I don't want to be important. It's not important to be important. I want to be, you know, who he's called me to be. I want to be able to do the things that he's called me to do. And if you stay that course, God will fulfill his promises over your life. See, I think a lot of people see me now and they say, wow, he's so different. He's writing new books, different books. He's talking in a different language, but they don't realize that I had to sit for seven years before I got on the journey with God. You know, the mm. seven year period of discipleship and, and growing and learning before God put me any place, anywhere. And they're just seeing me now, you know, 17 years later, you know, that, you know, it's on a, such a platform where I'm evangelist and travel and preach and do, you know, 250 times a year traveling. But they don't realize that it was a seven-year period of nothing from God. That's what made me grateful of God's love because he showed me that his love was more important than what I wanted to be. And mm. and, and, and so that's what made me come to the place of understanding who I am in Christ and having the right identity in Christ.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about people who are turning their life around because that's the title of the book is turning your season around. That's something that you have a lot of experience about or experience with and something that you're passionate about. And I love your passion for the word. I myself am very passionate about biblical literacy because we don't know our Bibles and we're using Instagram and the internet as our Bibles. And it's just never going to cut it. (laughs) You know,
1: it's,
0: (laughs) it's just, you know, that's not to say that you can't learn from other people. Like you wouldn't have a speaking career if we couldn't learn from other people or from other books. But if I don't know my Bible, then you can tell me whatever you want. And I think that's part of how we've gotten here is just, we're lazy and we don't read our own Bibles.
1: Great point, you know, because it is so true. What well, the Bible talks about it clear, you know, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. You know, yes. there's lack of knowledge there that people perish because, and why is that? Because they don't read a Bible. Like you said, they have an iPad and they take a phone and, and, and in the church and, and they don't top up a Bible and, you know, and bring your highlight and you don't bring your pen and you don't bring your pad. You don't bring the things that are really necessary to need for you being in church to grow. And this is why they're not growing, you know, because mm-hmm. they put it on their phone. And how many times, how many times will you think they're going to go back and listen to the sermon or what they heard or, or what they've written down? How many times will they go back? Actually none, like you said, because they'd be so busy with social media and all these other things. You got to put this down in a yes. way. And you got to turn that television off and you got to open that book and you got to say, okay, Holy Spirit, here I am. Give it to me. Teach me. Teach me Mm -hmm. who this Jesus is. What is God's purpose over our life? And then when you learn all that, Then you come to that place of knowing who you are, the purpose, and and you become that descendant. When you know you're a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. Now you get to eat from God's land and you don't have to eat from the land of man. And you start you stay in that comfort zone place with who you are in Christ, and don't leave your lane. And and don't have to and and so many of us are so confused because we hear somebody else. And you want to be like somebody else. God didn't make you like nobody else. He made you like Amen. you. You're very unique. He unique, uniquely made you. So accept that. And when you can accept that, then you can move forward. Because I remember you know, how they talked about me when I was lost and broken on ESPN and all the headline news. But now that I've been in faith and walking and preaching for 12 years or something, they don't even write a story about me. They don't even want to talk to me. It was like, oh, well no, he's on the other he's he's a different person now. We don't really yeah. know what to, we don't really know what to say about him. And it. And that's because they don't believe and they don't really know who God is. And people that do truly know God, we know God is the ultimate rescue, redeem and restore.
0: Amen. I love what you're talking about opening your actual Bible, not to make myself sound better than I am, but I am the weirdo at church who needs like three seats because I have like <laughs> my whole Bible and my notebook. Cause that's even when I'm interviewing, I'm looking down and taking notes cause it just helps me stay on track. And my husband will literally laugh out loud sometimes cause I'm like half using his lap to hold some of my Bible and I've got like my notebook, <laughs> yeah. but it, there is something impactful about opening The word, especially for me, I have a big old like study Bible so that I can understand context and history and what was going on. And I think that that's intimidating for people. The Bible feels like a lot. I know you have a few scriptures that you love to point people to when they're kind of getting started, especially on this path of turning their life around. I'd love for you to share a few of them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so important with the point that you're talking about is it's having your information because it could be intimidating, but information brings about revelation, mm-hmm. you know, and the revelation comes from the word of God, you know, and you think about, you think about scripture, second Chronicles 714, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, you know, he's talking about the Israelites and he's talking about us, you know, we're, we're just a different generation of people. And you talk about the book of Romans, you know, which is, you know, faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17 and Romans ten nine. If you confess with your mouth that Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. You know, scriptures are so critical for who you are and how you live. Because I learned scriptures through uh, studying Billy Graham, going to Billy Graham crusades. I started understanding Billy Graham teaching was like, Uh, Most Christians don't understand scriptures. That's why they don't have, that's why they don't walk in a victorious life because they don't know Mm -hmm. that the power, the power lies in the scriptures. It doesn't lie inside of us. It lies in the scriptures. And and if you can understand them and the scriptures are not in my head, scriptures live in my belly. I get scriptures out of my belly because I retained them. I asked the Holy Spirit to retain them inside of me and and you become a epistle of Christ and it's written all down inside of you, not in ink, but in spirit and truth. You know, and, mm. and this is the way it works, you know. It, it it's supernatural. I, I think most people don't understand it's supernatural when you when you study like that. You have study Bibles, you have I mean I got different all sorts of different kind of books, you know, Tony Evans, you know, Chuck Smith, you know, and you can go on and on, you know, from some of the people that Charles Stanley, you know, those I, mm-hmm. I love studying Billy Graham's one of my favorite. I love studying those that have been consistent in ministry and have lived an abundant life. You know, when you watch yes. the ones that lived an abundant life, you listen to them and you could tell how rich they are with the word of God. It's because they study the word of God.
0: I love that you use that word consistent, that this generation that have gotten to the end of their lives and they never changed their tune. They never changed their mind. They never changed their theology. You know, the the younger you know, more like my generation, we're seeing these big names just drop like flies from biblical theology and totally, I'm I'm like, what Bible are you reading? Because I don't ever remember reading that, but, you know, there are then millions of people learning from them. And I, I love that kind of guidance to, maybe we need to be looking Further down the road, people who have stood the test of time, essentially.
1: Well, you, you have to look at the ones that have stood the test of time because look how long they have last, lasted, you know. Right. and you th- And you think about the ones that's coming up with the new way of preaching of not putting the scriptures, but putting mm-hmm. their own spin on the scriptures and the enemy's laughing he's just he's just laughing because he loves that yeah, he, he loves that because he knows eventually i, I eventually I'll, I'll have you and i'll have all them and i'll destroy you and I'll, I'll make you out of looking like a fool. You know, you're talking about the gospel, and I, and I'm going to destroy you because you didn't use the gospel according to the way the gospel is supposed to be used. You know, they mm-hmm. have they have come to this place of saying, well, I'm more concerned about how good I sound or how I communicate, and I sound with big words. But the devil's not impressed with big words. What people don't understand is the devil's impressed with one that knows scriptures. And that's mm-hmm. what impresses him because you know why he knows scriptures, you know, exactly. and, and, and he was in heaven and his name was Lucifer and they don't understand. You better stop playing and start recognizing he was there, the worship leader and got kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be bigger than God. And he took like, what, three-thirds or three-fourths or what, something like that, of the angels with him. So it just tells you how powerful he was and the darkness that he has taken on, you know, as, as now today as Satan, to, you know, to to deceive, to, to really deceive mm-hmm. so many, so many standing in the pulpit, you know, and it's, up, it's about how I look, it's about how I sound, and I want people to like me. You know, man, these, the older generation of, uh, of preachers that have stood the test, they have something to offer. They have something to give to you. You mm-hmm. know, you know the Jack Grahams, the Greg Lars, the Jensen Franklin. They have some people might dislike who they are, you know, because their ministries are big. T.D. Jakes, you know, these guys have something that is real. Yeah. First of all, you never hear anything about them. Right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So we're li- you're living in a time and a generation where people don't, Know the word of God. They just go mm-hmm. to church and they just make me feel good. Don't get under my skin. Don't talk about sin. Don't tell me to repent. You know, don't, don't tell make me, me I...
0: uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't tell me I can I can't shack up and I can't live with my boyfriend. Right? You know, there's it, it, so many things that they don't want to do, and the church has found themselves going cold of doing that and wondering why we're not having more strong leaders come out and and, and be. Be fruitful not you know, not you. because yeah. we're supposed to be fruitful and multiply with people if we're standing on the principles.
0: I completely agree. And I love that there are people out there talking about this and saying, Hey, essentially the gospel is offensive. You're going to, if you are choosing saying you're going to get your feelings hurt, but it has to be worth it to hurt feelings for the sake of souls, and for the sake of salvation. And I agree with you. I think that so many of us, whether if it's, we don't want them to think badly of us or of our message or of our ministry or get their feelings hurt. We've watered down what the gospel actually is. And when you water something down, it loses its impact.
1: It loses its power. Right. You know, and the power resonates not in one preaching, the power resonates in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, When I ascend, I will go. When he was ascending, he says, I will send one to you to comfort it, and He will teach you all things in remembrance of me. So, what did Jesus preach with when he was walking the earth? He, he preached with power. You know, he preached okay. with conviction. You know, the scribes and Pharisees are always pointing at him. It's just like today, you know, in our society, the worldly people are pointing at Christians who speak with conviction because they like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't really like that because it makes me feel uncomfortable. So if it makes you feel uncomfortable, it's going to change you because I'm not convicting you. The Holy Spirit is convicting you.
0: Yes. Yes. This has been such a cool conversation. I love going next level. Like, let's talk about the real stuff, like the real issue here. Let's not just talk about, oh, sin is bad. Like, no, let's talk about what it does and what God has and what Jesus has accomplished in the face of it. And so I'm so thankful to have gotten to just chat with you for a little while. This was really, I really enjoyed this. I know the listener will as well. Can you tell people where they can keep up with you? And I'm sure your book is everywhere you get books.
1: (laughs) yes, they're they're everywhere, you know, amazon.com slash turn your season around. But our ministry with my wife and our webpage is findingyourway.com. And, you know, my Instagram is darylstrawberry18. And I'm always trying to post, you know, positive affirmation, family, life, you know, real things, you know, to encourage people what's important, because in these times that we have been through, what's really important is the family life, the principles, biblical principles, not just principles but the biblical principles have been missing and we forgot about getting back to the table and talking about real things and real situations
0: amen daryl thank you so much thank you all right that's it for this week thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy christian podcast and hey by the way if you super loved it can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.